on 105FM and around the world online. This is FM 105, your local station live from the heart of Downpatrick. Welcome to the Chris Scott Show on FM 105 Down Community Radio and thank you once again for joining me and lending me your ears. Over the next hour, I am back chatting again to Andy Kuraaku from Modern Romance, who uh, started off tonight's programme with Ay 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 Moosey. Remember that one? Yeah, 1981. Yeah, you are that old. <laughs> it reached number 10 in the UK charts that year. Uh, one of those tracks that gets everyone onto the dance floor. Andy will be talking to me all about relaunching the band, the 80s music revival that's going on, the writing his autobiography, and uh, also talks about his daughter Natalie and her music career to date, his ventures into journalism and getting back on stage again uh, in pandemic times. So join Andy and myself in conversation, the other side of this. Chatting with Chris on FM 105 Down Community Radio. Your station, your voice. You, you see the songs without no, without knowing a lot about too much about the background of what modern rom- romance were producing. Yeah, I've heard, heard them all and danced them probably in those days. But were you guys writing as well? Did you were you involved in that side of things, Andy? Um, I wasn't initially because there was um, a setup whereby if I wrote any songs, they immediately became the property of the band's production company, which was owned by two of the guys. And I thought, no, you're not going to own my songs. If yeah. I write a song, I want to own it. Um, it's only in the later stages when things have become a bit more relaxed that I thought, okay, you know, I'll um, I'll write here, I'll write some stuff now. But but in the early days, maybe one or maybe one or two songs I helped on and I got credit for, but I didn't really want to come in and bring my own songs because that would mean that they owned them. And I thought, no, not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I remember reading something about 2004 uh, when you decided to reform the group again. Obviously, that went on. Was it about 85 that split up, Andy? Would that be right? Would that, is that, is that 80, 80, 85 or 86, I'm trying to think. I think 85. Yeah, 85 is when I left, 85, yeah. Yeah, there was some report then that you'd, you'd been doing a cabaret band and. Uh, you had actually played a modern romance number and everyone got up to dance and that's really what motivated you again to get it all together yeah. again. Is that true? Well, yeah, I was playing in um, a, cover, uh, a covers band and they said to me, why don't we do modern romance? So, and I said, yeah, if you want. So, so, yeah. They said, you've got to sing it though from behind the drum kit. And I'm, oh, I suppose they called me for a laugh. Mm. <laughs> so we did this gig and it's actually a wedding we did actually, if I remember rightly. And we started to do this song, and the dance floor just filled up. Mm-hmm. And I looked at it and I thought, wow. Yeah. And at the time, um, people started to show an interest in 80s, the 80s revival, because what, so what happened, and I realised what happened is, everybody that was listening to Modern Romance was either our age, a lot of them were our age, but then all the kids that were listening to Modern Romance had then grown up, got married, had their own kids, and by now, their kids had left. And the grown-ups, who were kids when we were playing, obviously, now want to go somewhere to enjoy themselves. Well, they don't want to go out and listen to uh, Oasis and Blur and whatever the hell was out at the time, you know, That's right. in, the, in, in the 1990s. Um, they want to go and listen to what they like. They want to go and listen to the music they like, which is the music they were raised on, mm-hmm. 80s music. So um, that's why there was this big interest in 80s, and I thought, well, okay, we need to get in on this. And that's when I contacted Dave G, 
James, who was the bass player, the original bass player, and the founder member. Mm-hmm. And I said, look, Dave, we should really do this, blah, blah, blah. We had a little chat. But by then, Dave was into management. He was managing Sinead O'Connor at the time and a few other people. And he said, look, I really can't see myself going on stage again. He said, it's not me. Um, he said, but you, was a, a, you, know, you were there from the very first hit to the very last hit. You're as an original member as anyone. He said, so if you want to do it, you do it, you know. And he um, gave me the rights to use the name, because obviously if he'd have gone out as Modern Romance, he was Modern Romance, but he's given me the rights, I'm going out. So I've got the rights to the name. Mm-hmm. Um, and just decided that, yeah, for very, very many reasons, I wasn't going to use any of the previous members of Modern Romance for different reasons. Some were artistic, some were personal, you know, personal uh, character reasons. So I decided to use musicians that I'd worked with over the years, like good musicians. Yes. So I, I, straight away I picked them, you know, uh, the trumpet player who played with Jamiroquai came to play with me, and mm-hmm. another drummer who played with so and so, and, you know, I just got different people that I'd worked with, and I knew they were capable, knew they were good, they were reliable, and we just went from there, just relaunched the name mm-hmm. and off we went wow you, you know and it, it's so and the, and the revival of the 80s that probably never went away but you know in more recent times all these shows are being put together again so I, I know that you were supposed to be over here in August 2020 at Ward Park in Bangor which is the other side from us in County Down here uh, but I now know that has been revamped again and I think you'll be over later on this year uh, in 2022. Yeah, well, it, was, it, was, it was August 2021, not 2020. 2021 was supposed to be there. Oh, was it? I thought they rescheduled that from 2020, even, no? Yeah, they rescheduled it from 2020 to 2021. Yes. They rescheduled it again now to 2022. Yes, yes. Because although the things opened up somewhat and we were able to do some shows, that show, they didn't give permission until a week before it was due to go ahead, and they said, you know, we can't wait until a week, be- week before to find out if it's happening or not. Yeah. So they reschedule things, change things, move stuff around. You, I mean, in, in more recent times, in the last five, six, seven, eight years, you've been doing those sort of shows anyway, have you? Oh, yeah, yeah, we did them all the time, yeah, every year. I mean, the other revival, I'll tell you the other revival, the other, the other area where it's, the 80s have really become an integral part is um, all the Butlins um, locations. They have oh, yeah. 80s weekends, they have... Uh, Electric Dreams weekends, you know, and, and you know, have a human league and everyone else. And then they have general 80s weekends, and they have Toy upstairs and Kim Wilde downstairs. And the next day they have ABC upstairs and Modern Romance downstairs in a different venue. And they've gone banana, they're full up every weekend. Every weekend <laughs> they are almost at capacity. Mm-hmm, if, not, mm-hmm. if not, if they're not full up, they're almost full up. You know, maybe you can get 30, 40 people in if you were lucky. But we're talking about venues that have 4,000 people. They're full up to capacity. Yeah. They're, you know, people come for the whole weekend. They all dress completely bananas. I mean, they, they just go <laughs> mad. Yeah. They, dress up, they dress up 80s like you wouldn't believe in. Anyone listening <laughs> yeah. to this, if you're going to go to the island show, be prepared to see some amazing you know, people getting dressed up really over the top. You'll see more adamants and Blues Brothers and, and Stormtroopers wow. that you've seen in your life. Anything <laughs> to do with Michael Jackson's, Freddie Mercury's, they're all there, all dressed up. It's, it's fantastic. It's really good atmosphere. 
Oh, that's brilliant. I, I heard about 22 years ago, you got set aside by Sooty out of Sooty and Sweep at a, at a show oh, of Pontons. Yeah, is yeah. that true as well? Oh, that, that, that's, that is true. That's true. <laughs> and what it was is, um, I had a call from, funny enough, Butlins, the person who was running Butlins, you know, 2015 odd years ago, it was. Yeah. So, look, we've, we've, uh, we've decided we're going to um, get you guys to come and play. Uh, all the buttons are going to do like a little mini tour. It's going to do, you know, one buttons on a Friday, another buttons on a Saturday, a different buttons on a Sunday, and then the week later do it again and again. Do like a little, uh, uh, it's, it's almost like a tour of buttons, but you're playing the buttons every night because they've got three, you know, three around here, so you do the three. And then the following weekend, you do the three again, but in a different order. And the following three weekend, you do the three again. And it just went on for a while. And it was um, kind of like, 30 gigs, it was been in for 10 weeks, and it was marvellous, that's great, really looking good, we've okayed it, we're just running it past the board of directors and this and that, and we get it all sorted out, entertainers, managers decided, yes, what we're going to be perfect for this, blah, 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 off we go, yeah. and then when it came to it, apparently one of the big shots turned around and said, well, this is all fine, he said, um, we're going to arrange all this entertainment for the adults, but this is before they started doing the dedicated 80s weekends, which children are not obviously not allowed to. At the time, it was just general family weekend. They said, we've, we've got music, and you've got this and that, you've got more music, and then you've got one Reynolds coming in, but you've got nothing specific for the children. They said, yeah, but they could do that and that in the day, yeah, but in the evening, there's nothing for the children. So they said, you can't have music and music and music and music, because children will yeah. get bored, they want yeah. something for them. Yeah. They said, look, we're going to have to lose one of the music acts. He decided to lose, to, he said, we need to bring something in like the Suchi show for the children, and we have to lose one of the music acts. So basically, to cut a long story short, we were blown out by we were blown <laughs> out of the water by Sooty. One <laughs> romance or Sooty. And if I, if I ever see Sooty, I'm happy. I'm the thing. We're going to mean Sooty can have it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's unbelievable. <laughs> well, that's brilliant. Andy, a little birdie tells me that uh, there's a book on the horizon. Um, uh, and I'm not sure what stage that's at at the minute. But, you know, has that been a lockdown, a thing that you've been doing over lockdown that you've thought, maybe I should no, get things no, together? Actually, no, no? Okay. No, not over lockdown. It was actually... It, it actually stems from the diaries that I kept. I kept the diary during the 80s, believe it or not. That's fascinating. Um, yeah. And so therefore I've got, I do actually have in the diary the night I went to the Blitz and met Modern Romance and, and the first rehearsal and the first gig at a place called the Bridge House in Canning Town. It's all in there, you know, and um, you know, it's just like, I did that first gig at the Bridge House, really went well, blah, blah, met such and such a girl, went home with her. It's all like, you know, very little notes like that. Um, and <laughs> I decided to transcribe it and turn it into a book and I actually got offered a deal for it um, and I kind of verbally said, yeah, well, maybe, yeah, yeah, we should do this, you know. And the more I thought about it, I thought, well, hang on a second. I, I actually finished it eventually, finished the transcribing the diaries, you know, putting them in bullet point on a screen and then expanding on them and making it a proper, like, a proper entry. But then when I finished, I realised, oh, hang on, this book starts when I'm 23, goes till I'm 28, i.e. 1995 when I leave Modern Man, yeah. and then picks up again in 1999 when I reform Modern Man. Which is which? This part is not based on a diary; it's based on memory. But I've just picked out certain gigs and certain things that have happened that have been funny, and put them in there. But at no point does it mention well, I, what I did before that twenty, before I was twenty-three. Yeah. I didn't just land on Earth and join Modern Romance. Yes, yes, of course. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it also doesn't mention between eighty-five and ninety-nine. I got yeah. married, 
Yeah. I had kids, which I consider to be my greatest achievement is having those two kids because they're fantastic. Yeah, brilliant. And I think, how can I, how can I not mention my kids and the fact that, all right, I got married, I got divorced, and but there were lots of funny things that happened and lots of stuff that happened with the kids. And, mm -hmm. and I've mm -hmm. never mentioned any of that. And mm -hmm. I think, no. So I decided to turn down the offer in the end and said, no, because you're uninterested in the diaries. I, I'm actually going to expand this and write about my humble beginnings, you know, the Greek Cypriot sort of immigrant family thing. Mm -hmm. and, and write all of that um, and turn it into a full autobiography. So that's what I've done. I've gone back to um, 1958 and written about when I was born and where I was born and started writing little things that I remember as a kid. One of my memories as a kid was between the ages of five and six. My parents never used to buy me presents because my parents did not believe in wasting money on toys. That's right, that's for rich people. Mm. We're from a poor working class family. Mm -hmm. Your birthday present is a pair of trousers for school, yeah. or a pair of school shoes, sensible school shoes. Mm -hmm. That were my presents, you know, never toys. Yeah. And the thing is, so the thing is, I remember the only toys I ever had bought for me by my godfather. Um, he felt an obligation as a godfather to buy so many pieces for his godson. So once a year, you know, birthday or Christmas, I would get a present. That was it. And one of the presents I got was this gun, like a machine gun. That it was called the Johnny Seven, and then Bridges, the One Man Army. Yeah, so yeah. This gun had seven functions, <laughs> and I loved this gun. I used to run around the house and you know playing by myself. And I mean, I can remember. I was five or six. I can still remember this. Calling my men and say, "Come on, men, let's go!" And run around and play. Now you little kid running around, and you know, um, you know we came bombed by the enemy and we have to take cover and all this yeah, 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 yeah. right? and I remember one day I had this gun going across my body left to right the way that people run with it when it's across their body mm -hmm. uh, you know those soldiers run when you see them on TV that's right yeah and, uh, so I'm running with this gun across my body and I ran through the door of course the the the, 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 the butt of the gun and the and the nose of the gun were either side of the door and I ran straight through the oh. middle and snapped the gun. I snapped oh. the gun in half. So I'm oh. running like a loony. Oh. I broke the thing in half and I remember I'm standing there and it, it, it's going to show you how traumatic things stay with you. Mm -hmm. I just stood there and looked and this thing was snapped in half and I was so upset I didn't even cry. I was mortified. <laughs> I was shocked. I, I, what the hell have I done, you know? Yeah, and that memory, yeah, and that memory stayed there. It's like all those years ago and I can still remember it and still remember how upset I was yeah isn't that that's something yeah. isn't that amazing what yeah so yeah. You, you, to go back through all that again and, and to put it and you know you know what andy if no one ever read that book it's still there for the family you, do you know that's so important because i i think in life a lot of us don't seem to do a lot of talking anymore you know we don't sit around to the firesides anymore it's all electronic devices and the next generation yeah. don't really ask they don't really know a lot uh you know about their yeah. their ancestors so that's so important <laughs> Because it's a different time. I mean, I don't, I very rarely sit there and tell my kids, oh, in my day, we did Because sometimes I say, you know what, when I was a kid and my, my, my daughter or my son would go, what, when dinosaurs ran the earth? Is that, is that yeah, how yes, long I was yeah, yeah. yeah. They crack a joke. Yeah. But we don't really talk about it because really my childhood wasn't that, wasn't that difficult. You know, I was never, I never, I was never hungry or cold or, you know, whereas my parents would sit and say, in our day, we would eat a handful of olives. And some bread, and if we were lucky, we'd have some halloumi as well. 
Yeah, yeah. That was on, that was that on was thinner, you know. Yeah, of course, yeah. 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 And it's a, bit, it's a bit like that sketch Monty Python's did, Luxury. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Uh, it's a bit, it, it, look it up. It's a fantastic sketch where they sit around, it's Rowan Atkinson and a few other people. They've just finished having a meal. One of them turns around and says, oh, yeah, can't be a good bit of chateau there, whatever it is, you know, you know. In my day, we were lucky if we had this once a week. And the next one goes, you had meat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, in our house, we never had meat. And the other one goes, when he finished speaking, they want to go, house. He said, in our house, you had a house. Yeah. We lived in Sioux, in middle of motorway, and it became like, and it got worse and worse and worse and worse. And, you know, and the one of them goes, and then when one of them would finish his part, the next one would go, luxury. Yeah. We lived in a hole in the middle of the motorway, and it would just get worse and worse. And, and so, uh, my dad's stories were a little bit like that. You know, we lived on a, uh, and a handful of peas for a week, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't really ha- I don't really have those stories because I never had that kind of upbringing. So I don't, but yeah, yeah. having said all that, my, there was a lot about my childhood that my kids don't know because they're going to they're look at this and go, Dad, we didn't mm. know that. Mm-hmm. It's never come up in conversation. Yeah. Because uh, we, we, don't, we don't have that kind of ethos anymore. We talk about how bad things were because really they weren't that bad for us. Yeah, that. Uh, uh, yeah, I understand that. Yeah, yeah, I get Chatting that. with Chris on FM one hundred and five Down Community Radio, your station, your voice. We'll join Andy again from Modern Romance after this one. Nothing ever goes the way you plan. From forty years ago, yeah, forty years ago. Into the charts uh, on the thirtieth of January, nineteen eighty-two. For the group, Modern Romance was there for eight weeks in total and reached number thirty-seven. Chatting with Chris on FM 105 Down Community Radio. Your station, your voice. Now, you're talking about family, and we'll probably finish off soon, but your daughter Natalie, you briefly mentioned at the start of the interview, but Natalie is making her own way in the music world now. And am I right in saying Natalie Grace? Is that where we find her on Natalie, on, on Natalie yeah. Grace. Yeah, 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 Natalie yeah. Grace, yeah. Tell us a little, about, a little about that, Andy. Um, well, listen, she's, um, she's a... Lovely little singer, I have to say that, because she really is. Um, in actual fact, the way I got her, the, the way I got her singing into modern romance is, was, um, she'd been singing since the age of eight, nine, she started singing at home. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until she was about 15, and I was walking around, I was hearing her sing. I mean, she sings Whitney Houston, for God's sake. I mean, that's not the easiest thing to sing. No. <laughs> she's, she's singing away, and, um, you know, when the obvious is in your face, for such a long time that you don't see it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I suddenly realised one day, I thought, hang on a minute, I've got backing singers that sing for the band, you know, a couple of girls that I use every now and then, they're a different one, whichever one can make it in the time. I think, I'm paying these girls to come and do backing vocals with me and sing the occasional solo, do the occasional solo spot. Yeah, I've got a voice like that in my house. Mm-hmm. That that I've never utilised. I'm hearing that. I'm, I'm in the hallway hearing her sing, and I'm thinking, why on earth have I never got her to sing with the band? She's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just casually walked into her bedroom and said, uh, listen, that's, um, how do you fancy singing with the band one day? And, you know, being a 15-year-old, don't care, you know, nothing phases me, sort of, you know, because, and the thing is as well, they've been to so many gigs with me, you know, to, to come with me to gigs and see me perform so many times. Yeah. They don't see it as anything fantastic. That's you know, right. anything, yes. anything worrying or anything. So yeah. 
Yeah. And I said, so do you fancy coming to sing with me at a gig? And she went, yeah, 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 sure. She goes, you know, yeah, of course I will. She goes, which one is it? I said, oh, we'll probably do um, the Lou Festival. She goes, oh, okay. How many people is it? And I said, oh, probably about 20,000. <laughs> and she looked at me and went, how many? <laughs> I said, 20,000, yeah. without a problem. And she thought about it and she went, no, not really. But anyway, that was, that was due to be her first gig. But I remember the first song she picked, the first two songs was, Here Comes the Sun, mm-hmm. and um, a Whitney Houston song. Wow. And I thought, what the hell? Okay. So on the day, I said to her, I remember saying to her, so um, how do you feel that? I said, yes, because I'm fine. I said, are you nervous? She said, no. Said, what do you mean, no? She said, well, Dad, <laughs> I, look at it, I look at it this way. I'm never going to see these people again, so if I do mess it up, I don't have to face him again if they, you know, if they don't like it. There's not much I can do, and if I mess it up, I mess it up. No. She said I would be more. Oh, she said I would be more nervous if I was singing at my school because she's done a few school productions. Because I'd be more nervous if I was singing at school because if I popped it up, I'd have to face them all the next day. Mm-hmm. Then, I'd, then I'd be nervous. And I thought, okay, that's logic. Mm-hmm. Then she came up, did her two songs, and went off. Mm-hmm. And she went down. Well, she went down amazingly. They, they loved her. Yeah. Um, and I didn't think, I think it's, they didn't expect somebody so young, because she was 15. I don't think they expected somebody so young to be that. Yes, good. yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, and she did really well. And after that, I said to her, look, you might as well start doing all of them. And she does now. She does all the backing vocals with me, does a couple of solo spots. Yeah, she, she's loving it. But also, what, what that's done is just given her the confidence to strike out on her own. And during the pandemic, because she'd made the decision before COVID, that she was going to release a single on such and such a date. And although the pandemic started, it didn't stop her. She still released a single and uh, has released two subsequent singles since then as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and because she's got a plan, she said, no, I'm sticking to my plan, coronavirus or not. She goes, I'm sticking to it. I'm, I said I'd release a single then. I'd release the next one four months later and the next one four months after that. And that's what she's done. Just to, she can have them out there and say that I've released a single um, and, and she's done three so far, and she's got her own little following, and it's got a bigger, you know, bigger by the day sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, I was just, and the good thing for me as well is that I'm particularly proud because I haven't helped her. She, the only thing she's ever asked is, Dad, I've done this song, have a little listen, I've finished it now. But she would let me hear a finished product, and I might say to her, that little bit there, let it hang for two seconds longer. Mm-hmm. Do that mm-hmm. And she go, okay. But but ninety nine point nine percent is all her. Fair play, yeah. Yeah, and I, and I like the fact that she she's got her own contacts. Yes, I've shared. I uh, you know when people ask me about her, I'll speak about it and tell them and say, they say, can we interview? And I say, of course. There you go. I do. But um, generally, she's got her own contacts, her own uh, you know radio people that she's spoken to. Yeah, good. Um, and she does it all herself. That's brilliant. Brilliant. And you must be so proud, aren't I? You must be so proud. I'm, I'm, I'm very proud. Listen, I'm yeah. very proud. And there's nothing better than standing on stage with your child. And what we do is we tend to take Steph with us as well, my son. He's yeah. very supportive of her and me. Yeah, good. And um, he's always at the front and cheering us on. And it's just so nice. I've got my daughter next to me. I've got my son right in front of me. And we also it's also an opportunity because we're very silly, funny family. We have, we have a laugh all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We'll have little private things, even a little noise or a little joke or a word that would trigger something. We'll just all look at each other and go, yeah, yeah. And we'll all laugh and people will think, 
There is hysterics. What are they laughing about? Yeah, I mean, we know. Yeah, that's brilliant. And, 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 and the great thing as well is when that's it, when we're singing together, we're doing like the modern romance fun songs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, in between, in between singing, I'll go over to her and I'll whisper something in her ear, and uh, yeah, something funny will happen, or I'll say something, and we'll just be in hysterics. And Steph will look at us from the front, and he'll know what we're laughing at, and he'll be laughing. <laughs> and people will be thinking, what the hell, you know? <laughs> it's a fantastic feeling. You're listening to Chris Scott on FM 105 Down Community Radio. You're listening to Chris Scott on FM 105, Down Community Radio. Go for Gold, Natalie Grace. That's available on Spotify and all the usual platforms. Chatting with Chris on FM 105, Down Community Radio. Your station, your voice. You you sort of ventured into a bit of journalism there over lockdown as well, doing a few blogs and things, Andy. Well, no, I was actually doing the journalism beforehand. Oh, um, were you? Right, okay. Yeah. yeah I, I, was, I started doing the journalism in about 2015, I think it was. Oh, good. Um, somebody that I'd met, uh, another journalist, said to me, um, you know, have you ever considered writing? Yeah, doing a bit of journalism. Because um, they'd seen, they saw something I wrote. I mean, I, I speak like a cockney, I know that. I have no yeah. problems about that. Yeah. But when I write, it's proper English. It's not, you know... Yeah. Um, and they, they saw something I wrote and they said, but, you know, you ever considered doing any kind of journalism? And I said, not really. They said, oh, you should try it. They said, look, I'm going to go review a restaurant. Why don't you come with me, write your own, make your own notes, write your own review when you get home. And um, I'll recommend you a couple of people to submit it to and see if they accept it. And I said, okay, then. So my first foray into journalism was going to a, an African restaurant where I ate crocodile, zebra, <laughs> beast, and a few other things that were very <laughs> unusual to say yeah. the least. Yes. And, um, and I had to write about it, and I yes. submitted it to this publication, and they absolutely loved it, and said, right, can we, can we publish this? I said, of course you can, that's why I sent it. That prompted me to write a second one. Yeah. That got published. Yeah. And I thought, okay. And then, next thing I knew, I was getting phone calls from... Um, magazines and saying, would you be a, a celebrity writer for us and go here? And one, of, one of the assignments I got was to go to Austria to go across the Alps on a motorcycle and write about it. <laughs> Brilliant. Because, because, I, because I ride a motorbike and they knew I rode a yeah. motorbike. So like, okay. <laughs> so off I went, riding across the Alps and writing about it and that got published. That, that actually got published in seven different magazines. Because after the, after the motorcycle magazine, I thought, I'll just send it to some other people and see if they like it. And they accepted it, took it as well. I thought, okay, off you go. I gave them different <laughs> pictures, gave them, gave them different photographs, so when you first look at the article, it's not the same piece exactly, because the photos are these are different, it gives it a different layout. Yeah. But yeah, it got, and then, and then I, got, I, I went to Tunisia five times to write about it. I've done quite a few restaurant reviews and stuff like that, cinema reviews. I did a... I had to write on an evening with John Travolta. <laughs> no, sorry, so I did Sylvester Stallone, and I also went to John Travolta another time, but I never got round to writing that one. I just, was just so busy, I never got round to writing it. <laughs> I've, I've, I've drafted it, it's on my laptop, and it's stayed there, and it's been about four years now, so I think it's a bit late to be... Yeah, okay. Right <laughs> yeah. But, uh-huh. um, yeah, so I've done a few bits, but then I kind of took my foot off the gas, because I had other things to do, I wanted to finish the album, and... And um, that was just that was just before lockdown. 
and I haven't gotten back into it since. Yeah. And I, I, something I'm looking at and thinking, well, I really should get back into it in a few bits. But um, there's always other things to do. You know, yeah, not yeah. Push and because I'm not travelling, because a lot of them were travel ones. You know, I went to Italy, I went to Spain. Because um, I'm not doing any travelling because of the lockdown, I kind of, I, I've sort of put it to the side and just uh, put it on standby sort of thing. But I will eventually get back to it. Yeah, of course. Are, are, how, how have you found lockdown? Uh, you know, it, it must be horrendous. You know, if that's your your profession, you know, is out there, it's in front of people. That that must have been horrendous for a while. But it was horrible. I must admit, it was it was horrible from a financial point of view because there's absolutely no money coming in whatsoever. Yeah. Um, most music, a lot of musicians didn't qualify for any of the grants or any of the things that the government right. given out. Obviously, yeah. they don't qualify for furlough. So basically, they expect us to live on fresh air yeah. um, for the whole of the lockdown. And for me, it was particularly bad because lockdown was in March, but in the, on the, in the previous August, I've gone to Cyprus for a holiday mm-hmm. and had a motorbike accident. So from August to February, I was unable to work because of this accident. Yeah. And just as I got to the point where I thought, oh, okay, I'm, I'm completely, I'm recovered enough to, to do the gigs now. Yeah. No, actually, you can't do the gigs because there's a lockdown now. So, so whereas everyone else was 18 months, mine was more like 25 months of no work. Wow. So, and it was awful. Because there's no money coming in, uh, but, uh, which is a, a big worry when you've got a mortgage and everything else. Yeah, um, yeah. You've also got to put food on the table because that's, right. that's not going to arrive out of nowhere. It was just abysmal, but there's also the fact that the thing you, you do, the thing you'd love to do the most, and the thing you're, well, the thing you're, you know, if anything, the thing you're, you're better at than anything else, the thing you're good at, you're not being able to do. And, and part of what we do, a large part of our stage thing is to, is to interact with the audience, and we're not doing any of that. Mm-hmm. We're having to interact only via social media, which is, yes, it's simple to do, but it's not half as effective as getting to a crowd of 20,000 yeah. people. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah you don't know that. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, and just knowing that there's no there's no live music anywhere for anyone. Yeah. It was just because you're talking to people. You're talking to I'm talking to other people, other eighties artists, and they're all in the same position. Yeah. And 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 when I did the first gig after lockdown, which was in Liverpool, um, I remember I was taught uh, as like a communal area. And there were there was um, myself, Toya. The guys from Heaven 17, uh, who else was there? Oh, Hazel Dean and a couple of other people. And mm-hmm. we were just having a chat. Mm-hmm. And um, as we were having a chat, you know, I'm, I'm feeling really uneasy because it's the first thing I've done in 25 months. But then it's 18, so it's just as bad for them. And then at one point, I turned around and I said to them, can I just ask? I said, um, I said no, I said, I said uh, do you know what? I said, it's really weird. I, I feel quite pensive about this whole gig. I, I feel like it's the first gig I've ever done in my life. It's really bizarre. Yeah. And then Toya turned around and said, oh yeah, she goes, it's funny because I've been feeling like that. So I thought, oh, it's not just me then. And then Glenn from Heaven 17 turned around and said, I keep wondering if I'm going to remember the words to my own songs. It's not incredible. Yeah. That's just yeah. been so long. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And, then, and, then I, and then I heard from somebody that that Tony Hadley wasn't there that day. It was, it was there for the, all the other gigs with me, but that particular day was doing a gig somewhere else. And then I heard that he, too, was nervous as hell. Yeah. And he's like me. He's like me. He doesn't care. He just goes and does it and 
what will be will be. And yet he also felt very strange doing this first gig because it had been so long and it's like the first gig we're doing ever anywhere, you know, for, for 18 months or 25 in my case. But it, it's, it really felt like you'd not, it, it felt like you'd not done this before and it felt like, am I going to remember what, I, what, I, what I'm supposed to be doing? You know, are they going to give me the microphone? I'm going to say, what the hell is this? What do I do with this? <laughs> was that long? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Andy. Oh, my goodness. Well, on a positive note, we are hoping to see you over here uh, in August, if everything yeah. goes according to plan. And I think you're, you're, I'm going to say you're rubbing shoulders with all these people, but you, you guys are up there. You know, it's not your modern romance. You know, you're going to have Adam Ant and Wet, Wet, Wet and Howard Jones. Those were all the names I grew up with. China Crisis, even. You know, Captain, Captain yeah, Sensible yeah. still on the go. Yeah, yeah, no, he was supposed to do these gigs, actually, and he pulled out for something, I can't remember why. Yeah. He pulled out oh, yeah. the gigs last year, but I think he's going to do the, the three of them this year. Yeah. But yeah, it, listen, it's funny, because we are, we, we're there, and, you know, I, I'll sit there and, and chat, and, you know, Tony had me walking, hello, mate, how's it going, all right, yeah, we'll have a chat, and then Martin Fryer come in, and yeah. and it's like the old boys club, it's like, yeah, no, you, you know, no one's <laughs> yeah. better than anyone else, no one, there are no egos. It's really a lovely atmosphere backstage. Really, really lovely. No, no, um, no. Nobody goes. I've had more hits than you, Nana. No. <laughs> no. Do you know what? I think we're all too long in the tooth and yeah. too mature for that stuff. Yeah, I get that. Um, you know, if, and listen, we. I've, I've had more hits than some of the people that they have on there. Yeah, of course. They have asked yeah. us. They have asked us to go on first. All right. Yeah. They, 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 they said, "Could you go on first? Because you can get everyone going and get them into the spirit of things." Yeah. I'm not going to say, "Yeah, but hang on." Why am I coming on after Sunday? He's had two hits and we've had so many hits. Yeah. This is what the promoter wants. And do you know what? If it serves the purpose, i.e. we get everybody going, then I'm not going to stand in the ceremony and go, well, no, actually, I should come on after this person. Yeah. No, it's not all about that. Because of that, I think there aren't, because there aren't any airs and graces, um, everyone just gets on and it's brilliant. I mean, you mentioned earlier on, you mentioned Agadu, you know. Uh, yeah, Black Lewis and all this, yeah. Yeah. Dean has become one of my best friends, actually, in the music industry. Wow. He's such a lovely, lovely, lovely bloke. Yeah. Um, I mean, in actual fact, if it doesn't happen before Christmas, then after Christmas, I'll be going up to Yorkshire and staying with him a couple of days. He's like, you've got to come up and stay in my house and go out and we do this and do that. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah I will come. Haven't yeah. managed it so far. But again, you know, such a lovely, normal bloke, you know, brings his mum to the gigs and I sit with his mum and I call her mum. Such a lovely lady, and and it's nice to be able to do that. And I don't see him. I go to loads of his gigs with him sometimes. I'll I'll, I'll say oh, I'll come to that gig and I'll just go along, um, but I don't see him as being Michael or Black Lace. Yeah, I don't see Owen Paul as Owen Paul. I see him as Harry. Yeah, of course I get it. I get that. Yeah, I get and, that. And, and and hopefully they, I would imagine they see they go. I'm going to ring Andy. They don't go to ring Andy from modern romance. They go. I'm going to call Andy and see how he is. Do you know what you're just saying there, Andy? You are a very affable person. You know, you're, you, there's no errors and graces. You're very very easy to talk to. Your, your feet are obviously firmly on the ground still, Andy. You know, we, we've seen all those people who have hit the highlights and, and they're no longer with us because, you know, life took them in that direction. But you, you, you're just very, very easy to talk to yeah, and very open as well, which is which is brilliant. Well, I mean, a lot of people say that. Um, and I think the re- I don't see any reason why what you do for a job to change your outlook on people or life or how you treat people. 
Yeah. You know, whether you're uh, whether you're Lewis Hamilton or a bus driver, you drive a vehicle for a living. Yes, one earns slightly more than the other and might be slightly more skillful at driving than the other. Mm-hmm. But you're both basically driving you're both human beings who operate a vehicle for a living. Yeah. Why you should consider yourself superior to everybody else because you get loads of money. No. Talk to everyone like they're human beings. If they talk if they talk decently to you, you talk decently back to them. You don't talk down to people. There's no need for it. Um, we're all humans. We're all people at the end of the day. We all need something. Mm. We all need uh, you know, uh, uh, affection. We all need uh, acknowledgement. We all need our friends, our family. You know, we're all the same at the end of the day. And I don't see... I mean, I still... Like, last night I was out having dinner. The people I had dinner with were my friends in the 1970s. Who are still my friends now. I yeah. see them every Friday. We go and have dinner. Yeah. We just go. We've got a group text. And we go. Who's that tonight? Yeah, blah blah. We all meet up. We have dinner. We have a chat, and then we do it again next Friday. Next Friday, it's, it's the Friday club. That's it. We just go out and have dinner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm quite happy to do that because I don't feel the need to befriend people in the music industry. So I can say, oh, so and so is my friend. The only reason Dean has become a friend and a few other people, very few, is because I got a genuine connection with them as I would probably have had with them if I met them in a pub and started chatting to them. Yes, I get it. We just clicked. Yeah. It wasn't, I'm, I'm talking to you because you're being mindful from Black Lace, I'm going to chat to you and become your friend. It was like, we were sitting at a table, we started chatting and we realised how similar we were because we're both family guys, you know, mm-hmm. he's brought his son to I've taken my kids to kids. we're both family guys. I mean, I consider myself a family, a family man, a working family man who happens to be playing music for a living. That's that's where I'm. That's it. Yeah. You know, landed on my feet. I'm lucky. Yeah. Get it. Um, other than that, I'm a working bloke with a family. That's yeah. it. Yeah. There's brilliant. nothing more to it than that. Brilliant. Wise, wise words, aren't they? Really brilliant. So it is brilliant to talk to you. Um, thank you very much. And listen, thank you for taking the time out uh, to do that for us. And you know, what's the future hold now? Once you get back on the road again, get things going. Have, have you have you wee bits and paper, bits of paper and wee notes, sir, for for new songs and like that on the go that we can talk about? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm actually recording. Just, I'm going to record. Yeah. Um, I'm already talking about. I mean, although I've got gigs for next year already. Um, I'm actually talking additionally to all that. I'm talking, I'm talking to somebody at the moment about setting up um, a tour. Good. Because um, this year was 40 years since Modern Romance first appeared on Top of the Pops. And because of lockdown, I didn't, we couldn't do anything. So we're going to do it next year. You know, 40 year anniversary next year. I'll call it 40 plus one. Or the 40 year coronavirus tour, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, okay. Yeah. But we're going to do a little thing next year, hopefully. Um, yeah, and loads of little things. But obviously, I, when I get back, every, every time I get an opportunity, I will get back to the book and start, uh, continue sort of writing. Uh, I'm still on the 1970s at the moment. As I said, I went back to 58 and I'm back to the 70s. So I need the 70s to continue until they meet up with 1981, which is the band yeah, era. Yeah, yeah. And then, then it's all about, then I can leave all that because it's all, I've already done all that because it's all about yeah. me when I was with the band. So even though I'm meeting my friends that I met last night, they're in the diary in the 80s because we're going out to clubs together and doing this and doing that. Yeah. And that can all stay as it is, that's been done. I just need to then fast forward to 
and they try and change the whole atmosphere. Yeah. And until that point, I was sitting there thinking, how do I get this <laughs> on my side? Oh, it was awful. That's incredible. <laughs> Well, I hope the rest of the book reads as that story was told. That'll be brilliant. It'll be a brilliant read. So, um, well. oh, there, there are some really, really, really funny things in there. Yeah. I've, read, I've got friends to proofread them. And yeah, 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 yeah. And they're, they're writing better. So I was, I was crying with laughter at this bit. I couldn't believe that happened. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, that's that's brilliant, mate. That that is brilliant. Well, listen, once again, thank you so much for your time and. Uh, we'll, we'll, say we'll be looking forward to seeing you when you come over and I suppose at this point all I can say to you is don't stop that crazy rhythm oh listen I can't it's in the blood mate there's nothing I can do Andy that's brilliant <laughs> thank you so much right. thank you you're listening to Chris Scott on FM 105 down community radio and that is just about it for tonight folks again a big big thank you to Andy from Modern Romance brilliant guy brilliant down to earth guy and a pleasure to talk with him thank you for your time sir we'll be leaving the show tonight with another Modern Romance classic and don't stop that crazy rhythm a number 14 hit in 1983 join me again next week I'll be in conversation with Chris Amu from The Real Thing incidentally Modern Romance and The Real Thing will be appearing on stage in the Let's Rock Retro Festival that'll be held here in Ward Park in Bangor in County Down 6th of August Saturday uh, I think that is uh, later on this year that lineup will include Adamant Wet 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 Mark Almond ABC Hard Jones Sister Slate to Pie, Chesney Hawks, Jackie Graham, to name but a few, and I think Toya is also going to be there. Sounds like an absolutely class event. So, in the meantime, stay safe and stay tuned to FM 105 Down Community Radio. Good night from me, folks. <laughs>